Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. is just going to die if they don't break the designated hitter to the National League. We got fresh frozen <laughs> strawberry margaritas and Terry's bringing us chips and salsa all night long. Nick's hips do not lie. <laughs> yeah, I got a MF wagon. Like, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat. You can find them wherever your podcasts are downloaded or sold. With me, as always, is Ray Knight. Uh, Johnny, I think this is going to be a great episode. I do. They're going to talk baseball, Johnny. And the baseball is the reason they talk and what they talk about. I think that's important to talk about baseball. And if you're a baseball podcast, you're going to end up talking lots of baseball. Well, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Johnny and Ray. Bob Carpenter with you here. And Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Half Street High Heat. This is a big one. It's exciting. It is opening day eve when we are recording, and we have a packed show for you guys. We appreciate you listening, as always. I'm Amanda, and I'm joined, as always, by my prodigious co-hosts, Nick and Ryan. Uh, please be sure to find us on Twitter and follow the show there at Half Street High Heat. And make sure you check out the website, halfstreethighheat.com. There is so much good stuff out there right now. There's going to be... Uh, premieres or i'm sorry not premieres previews for each of the series this year and our first one is it out already i didn't look at it this afternoon. yeah yeah so it's out earlier. there now by the time you guys are listening you can go check it out uh, make sure you also check out the youtube channel the rundown with half street high heat it's going to have some awesome stuff and i am excited for this episode how you guys doing i would like to point out that neither ryan nor i am prejudiced so you need to redo that word <laughs> Something like that. I was. It was a compliment for all of the work you've been doing lately. You see, are see, you say it's a compliment, but I don't look them up anymore. So I kind of just take your word for it. And we all know how good your word is based on you know the DH. Uh, and, and so I could stuff. insult you and tell you it's a compliment, and you'd never know. Yeah, because half the words I don't even know how to spell. 
<laughs> I'll have to start sending to you ahead of time so you can look them up and be ready. Yeah, I know. At least be a little courteous. A little courteous. So it's been a pretty crazy day, Nats-wise. Um, lots of uh, breaking news, including the fact that half the team has COVID, evidently. But we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, before we do that, Ryan, could we get our weekend review? Yes, opening day is here, but the stories keep on coming. Angel Hernandez sued Major League Baseball a couple years ago and Joe Torre for racial discrimination. He claimed that he was not getting promoted due to racial discrimination. A third-party judge, however, ruled with Major League Baseball saying he was not racially discriminated. But the reason they said he was not getting promoted was because he wasn't a good umpire so is now in a legal binding document that angel hernandez sucks at his job jeff passon wrote an article today about the cba expiring and there's one very interesting note he said that players and executives around the league are expecting the luxury cap threshold next season to skyrocket this is not a surprise as the nfl is the nfl is expecting the same thing but passing notes many players knew this all offseason along and that is why a lot of them were so willing to take one year deals the marlins sold naming rights to their stadium their new name is lone depot park which is a terrible name steve Cohen publicly negotiated with francisco lindor tweeting out about the situation numerous times the mets have made their official final offer of 10 years 325 million lindor wants 12 years for 385 million and they did not make a deal. It seems he will test free agency. Another Mets player, Michael Conforto, and the Mets did not come close on a contract extension during negotiations. Conforto did not have a hard stop on opening day, but he said he's open to talking through the rest of the season, but those close with Conforto believe he will test free agency now as well. This has been your Week in Review, brought to you in part by your local neighborhood Chili's. Stop on by, order to go, and get ready for opening day by getting some of Chili's famous wings and also some of their house-made famous margaritas we all know and love. I'll be ordering Chili's, and you can also, and enjoy all-day baseball. This has been your Week in Review. This terrible umpire has lucrative job for life and complains it isn't good enough. Cheers to the judge who made the right call here. <laughs> It's pretty funny when John Heyman, who is kind of, you know, not the best at his job either, is taking a pretty direct shot like that at someone. Yeah. I respect it. I mean, everyone everyone knows Angel Hernandez sucks, so it's very fantastic. Didn't expect to see Heyman be so upfront about it. You know, usually reporters are a little more circumspect when they insult people. He also just reported, as I'm looking at his Twitter feed here, that catcher Trace Barrera has been called up by the Nats. <laughs> yeah, so... We kind of talked about this with Matt. You'll get to hear that interview in a little bit. Um, but the Nats are having a little bit of a COVID situation. In case you guys do not know, there was one player who was a confirmed positive, and there was five others. I believe it was four players and one staffer. Per MLB guidelines, if you're a close contact or a high-risk exposure, you have to quarantine for seven days. So we still do not know who tested positive, and we do not know who is high risk, but so far we know that Yadiel Hernandez, outfielder, has been called up. Tress Barrera, as you said, catcher, has been called up. Sam Clay, left-handed reliever, has been called up. And then Luis Garcia, second baseman, has been called up. So using that, we can uh, let's let's do what we taught in school. Um, so at least deductive reasoning. Yeah, a catcher, a middle infielder, 
a left-handed reliever, and an outfielder are for the people so far. Um, uh, we know for a fact it's not Max. He flew separately. Trey Turner's wife posted a picture a couple days ago of them on the plane, and she also posted their opening day outfits. So I am declaring that it's not Trey also. So oh, I hope you're right about that because I am stressed that it might be Trey. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried now there's an outfielder. I was like, all right, no outfielders. You know, it won't be Soto or Schwarber. If it's Soto, I'm going to just be – I'm just <laughs> – I don't even know. I'm just going to cry. I mean, like, they're probably going to lose tomorrow anyways because it's DeGrom and, like, you're just not going to be- beat DeGrom. But, like, with the Nats' luck, it's going to be Trey, Soto, um, who else is there? Jan Gomes and Brad Hand. Like, that would just be the most Nats thing of all time. It would. Yeah, I, I was listening to Grant and Danny on my way home earlier, and they were like, just, you know, go to fan graphs, look at the Nats, find the guys with the five highest war numbers, and it'll be those five guys. <laughs> That'll be the most yeah. Nats. Yeah, that would be very on brand for DC Sports. Um, it is time for our Matt's Moment segment, our weekly interview with Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington. We sit, sat down with him for a very fun interview. We talked about the Nats, the COVID situation, and we also played fair or foul with him and got some World Series predictions. It was a fantastic interview, and we hope you enjoy. What's up, everyone? We're joined by our best friend of the podcast, Matt Wyrick. You guys can give him a follow on Twitter if you do not yet, at by Matt Wyrick. And make sure you head on over to NBC Sports Washington to keep up with all things Nats, Caps, uh, sorry, Nats, Wizards, and I think also some Washington football team in there as well. Matt, how you doing, man? Pretty good. Happy uh, opening day eve, guys. Yeah, you know, happening opening day <laughs> eve. It's been a long, long time coming. Well, um, the happy kind of didn't last very long today. Um, there's just no happiness here. And in case you guys haven't heard yet, the Nationals had one positive COVID test. They also had four people with high-risk exposure. Per league protocols, those four people have to quarantine for at least one week. But there's a potential pretty big issue on their hand. Um, the Nats flew back as a team on the 29th, and this player tested positive on the 29th. So there's a chance that it might be a bigger issue than just those four. Um, we just saw that they announced Luis Garcia got called up. So I'm assuming it's one of the middle infielders. Um, but the Nats have a brutal stretch of their schedule to open the season. How does these five guys being out impact how things are going to go right from the get-go? Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be tough to overcome. We obviously don't know the full extent uh, who the players are, you know, whether they're starters, whether they're bench players, bullpen arms, starters, whatever it is. Uh, all we know right now is that two people who are not uh, among them are Max Scherzer and Davey Martinez. Those are the only confirmed people at the moment uh, who have not tested positive so or are in quarantine protocols. So uh, they are going to be kind of thrown right into the fray here. They're, they're facing the Mets right off the bat, uh, and it doesn't get much easier than that from there. Uh, they do go and face the Braves. Then they face the Dodgers. They face the Cardinals. They also have to face the Diamondbacks uh, and the Blue Jays all in the month of April. So depending on how long this affects the team, how many cases there are, how long people have to quarantine for, how long, whether there are symptoms and people have to, you know, get over the actual virus itself. That is all going to take a lot of time. And the Nationals are a team that has had questionable depth in the past. Uh, and that's definitely a question mark about this team going into this season. So that depth is going to be tested right away. And as you just mentioned, Luis Garcia coming up, 
Uh, that is something that they probably weren't going to be doing uh, for at least a month into the season. So now he's going to be thrust right in there. We'll see whether it's as a starter or a bench player. Yeah, and yeah, as you said, we don't really know who the player is right now, but I am a little bit of a detective myself. And through my excruciating detail I go through, I noticed that Trey Turner's wife posted a photo of them on the plane a couple days ago. And then just now she posted their opening day outfits. So I am declaring that is not Trey Turner. I am willing to bet just because I said that we're going to hear tomorrow morning that Trey Turner tested positive, but that's my detective work right now. That's pretty good, honestly. Yeah, he was right on top of the uh, Jeremy Jeffress situation, and then his account got clapped. So clearly he's just too good, and, uh, you know, the Nats and or Twitter doesn't want him, you know, on the case anymore. So we'll have to see if Shaq is dead part two happens. Uh, Matt, I want to address something else you mentioned, because obviously, you know, we can speculate about this all all the long day, but until we get those names, it's kind of hard to, you know, play this guessing game. But should everyone be at great health, great health, it's not like we had a bunch of help to begin with. Our depth has been shot. And obviously, since you uh, you came on the pod last, Carter Keeboom's right at the center of that. They had high hope for him. And now, since then, he has been optioned down so much so that he's not even the first guy called up. It's Luis Garcia. Granted, you know, we don't know what position it was. But, Matt, talk about the, the Carter Keeboom situation and kind of where we go for, from here with him because I'm sure – his trade value was already shot. I don't even know what you can describe it as now. Yeah, no, I uh, definitely no Carter Keyboom trade in the near future. They are fully invested on getting him every day at bats down at the alternate site before calling him back up. Mike Rizzo said on his call today that he hopes that this is the last time the Keyboom is sent down to the minor leagues. So he's getting one last chance to kind of tune up and then, you know, that's going to be a full go for him. Uh, where he doesn't have to feel like he's ramping up at the same time as, you know, the rest of the major leagues. By the time he does come up, he'll have you know, felt more comfortable to play, gotten into a groove, and they'll be able to kind of slide him right in. As, as Rizzo described it earlier, he doesn't want Keeboom to get off to a slow start and then get buried by it. So he wants him to get feeling good down at the alternate site, feel like he's hitting well, has you know, seeing things well, and then jump right into the major leagues once there's an opening. Yeah, and, um, you know, with Carter, I believe at his peak, he was like the 24th or 25th ranked prospect in baseball. So it's not like he lacks potential. I think a lot of it has to do with his confidence right now. So it makes sense that they're just trying to get him regular playing time. Um, but also, I think, you know, we talked about it last week once the news, uh, you know, broke that he was being optioned. Uh, NAS fans have been, you know, unfairly spoiled with how good our top prospects have panned out, you know, with the Bryce Harper and um, Steven Strasburg and then Rendon, Turner, uh, Soto, obviously, Robles, the list goes on and on and on. So it's been a while since we've seen a huge uh, bust, so to speak, from a top prospect. How long is Carter Keeboom's leash at this point before they just decided to decide to move on? Well, Rizzo has talked a lot about how 44 games is not a big enough sample size to determine how good a player is. So I would say that right there has got to be the floor. If he says that you can't judge a player on 44 games, he's probably going to want to give him at least two months uh, of playing time once he does come up. Now, it depends on kind of how late into the season Keyboom is brought up. You know, if, if we're in June and he's just coming up and, and the trade deadline starts approaching, 
you know, the Nationals might have to make a move sooner rather than later if, you know, they're in a, a position to make the playoffs and they really are missing that bat in the middle of the lineup. So there are going to be some external factors from there, but I would guess that Keeboom gets at least two months uh, to get acclimated, get going, uh, to see, you know, how he adjusts to major league pitching and how he takes what he's learned over the past year and turns that into production. Interesting. So we've talked a lot about, especially with you, the offense this year. A lot of people are talking about the um, pitching rotation as well. Something not a lot of people are talking about is the Nats defense. You know, they're one of the worst defensive teams in all of baseball last year. They were dead last in a lot of uh, very important categories. Now they're going into a season where Starlin Castro's are starting their baseman. Um, I'm looking at his baseball reference right now, and I only see 45 games played at third. You also look at the fact that, you know, Juan Soto is moving to right field. They have Car um, Kyle Schwarber going to left. On paper, there's not that many great defensive players. You look at, you know, Robles being the only standout defensive player. Do you think this is an improved defensive team, or is the defense going to be the thing that actually dooms this team this year? Well, I would say that not having Keyboom in the majors is probably pretty good for their defense. You know, he definitely has still showed some signs of needing to adjust to third base, having not played a, a ton of time there prior to the 2020 season. So that right there is kind of an indicator. But I just want to read this one stat to you guys. Uh, last year, defensive run saved, okay? 24th in the majors was the Braves. They were tied, actually 23rd, at negative 12, okay? Then you jump to 25th place, that's the Mets at negative 21, and you go down, negative 23, the A's, negative 25, the Angels, negative 33, the Phillies, negative 37, the Blue Jays, that's a 29, and then you go to 30th, negative 45 defensive run saved for the Nationals, so they were far and away the worst defensive team in that category last year, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, the, the 23rd team is three times lower uh, than the Nationals were, negative 12 to negative 45. Uh, so that's that in and of itself is, is pretty eye-opening. Uh, so they're, they're counting on Robles being better than he was last year. We, we talked a lot about how he came in looking a lot slimmer after bulking up last off, two off-seasons ago uh, for trying to hit for more power, and it clearly didn't work for him. So he slimmed back down and is just trying to be the player that you know he's kind of meant to be. So I would say that the Nationals can rely on him going back to gold glove caliber rather than just average center fielder. You have Schwarber in left, who's a question mark. Soto, he's been improving, you know, year after year defensively. You know, he was a, a poor defender his first year. He started to show some signs of improvement uh, the last two years. And I think you can count on him to be in a, an average fielder in right. Um, but it's, it's going to come down to up the middle. You have Turner at short, but second base, Josh Harrison, I, I'm not sold on him. You know, he's a, he's a solid defender at a lot of positions, but he's not an excellent defender at any one position. Uh, second base and, and left field seem to be his two better right field seem to be his two best spots. So that's good at least. But if we're going to be seeing a lot of Josh Harrison early at second base, I'm not sure that that's necessarily a good thing over Starlin Castro, uh, who, you know, can be up and down, but I think at least gives you more of a steady presence than Harrison Turner. He gets a bad rap from the metrics. They never seem to like him. Uh, but I, I think he passes the eye test really well. I mean, he obviously makes the flashy plays with the Jeter-esque jump throws. Um, but, you know, aside from a few overthrows every now and then, I think he, he has a solid range and, and, and does pretty well with the glove uh, and limits mistakes. That's the other thing is even when, you know, he makes a poor defensive gaffe, he usually keeps the ball in front of him. 
which you'd much rather have than, you know, Luis Garcia, when he was making errors, they were, you know, a little bit frightening. Uh, he definitely has the higher upside and looks like he has the tools to be a good defender, but, you know, just adjusting to the major leagues, some of those errors he, were make, he was making last season were a little frightening. So uh, it's just going to kind of come down to, you know, who are the players that are going to be on the field uh, to start the year? You know, how you start can go a long way to determining uh, how your defense settles in. You know, what are your pitchers going to be comfortable doing? If they're, your defense is making a lot of errors early, you're probably not going to see guys going for a lot of ground ball outs. They're going to try to get more strikeouts. So uh, it's definitely important early on to see how, you know, everybody kind of settles in. Last year was a, a big focus on the fundamental spring. Uh, for the Nationals. So we'll see if, you know, that obviously didn't work last year. We'll see if now a year later they can take a step forward. Yeah, Matt, uh, now going to something people cannot stop talking about, and that's the Nats lineup. Um, quick question. Uh, are you a Zim truther, yes or no? Um, I think that Zim is going to be very good in his role, but he shouldn't be playing every day at this point. It's a very political answer. I like that. <laughs> um, well, so here's, you know, the situation the Nats find themselves in, they finally trade for a legitimate first baseman and Zim has his, you know, best spring since who knows when and he's on fire. Um, and that leads me to, you know, my, my overarching point with the universal DH and we know how you feel about it and we love you uh, in, sp or in spite of that. But um, there's been rumblings about the universal DH today, of course, the day before the season. Have you heard anything about that or was it just you Darvish kind of talking about, how he just hates hitting. Yeah, I, I think it was just you. Not I haven't seen anything to this point that indicates that they're going to make any changes. I think we would have heard about it by now before 7.15 on the day before the season. But they also announced that expanded postseason was going to happen. I believe it was a day before the season last year. Right. So, uh, that, it would not, I would not put it past them to make a last sudden, sudden adjustment like that. Um, but with the CBA being, you know, expiring after this season and they're going to have to go into full-fledged negotiations to determine what the next decade of baseball is going to look like this upcoming offseason. It really doesn't look like with how tumultuous the relationship is between the players union and MLB, just doesn't really look like either side is going to budge on anything right now just because it could mean, you know, having to give up more concessions later or whatever it is. Uh, so I would, I, if I were a betting man, I would say probably not going to happen. Um, but you know, it, this is MLB we're talking about, so you never really know. This is true. This is true. Is very true. You never truly know. <laughs> um, so we are going to mix it up and do something a little different for the rest of the interview. Um, on our podcast, we do a monthly segment called Fair or Foul. Nick and I are going to ask you questions. If you agree with it, you say fair in a quick one or two sentence why. If you disagree with it, you say foul in a quick one or two sentence why. And since opening day is tomorrow, um, we're going to ask you some Nats ones and maybe throw in a mix of Major League Baseball one as a whole. You ready? Let's get it. All right. So starting off, fair or foul, the Nationals are making a mistake carrying two lefty relievers. Uh, I'm going to go with foul. I think that the three batter minimum outcry is overblown. You can still face two lefties out of three, and that's pretty good. Uh, you get the platoon advantage in 67% of the uh, batters you face, so I'm going to go with foul there. Like that. Do I answer too, Ryan, or is it just for Matt? I wasn't sure how we were doing mm, this. Let's just, do, let's just do just for Matt. Okay, yeah, spotlight's yeah. on him. Yeah. Which, by the way, yes. I, I forgot to mention this at the time. 
it, it's nice to know Matt doesn't crumble under pressure, and he brought statistics to back up. You know, <laughs> I loved it. That was awesome. He was ready for anything. Oh, I was ready for that. Yeah, <laughs> I've been looking at these numbers all off season, so I'm ready. <laughs> all right, Matt. My question: Fair or foul? Max Scherzer will be typical Max Scherzer this season. Uh, I'm going to go with fair. Uh, I don't want to be the one to bet against Max Scherzer ever. So I'm going to go ahead and say he'll be Max Scherzer, uh, but maybe, you know, not top three Cy Young. I like it. Fair or foul, the Nationals' ceiling is a wild card spot. I'm going to go with fair. Uh, I would say the Nationals are in the mix for the second best team in the division, but either the Braves or the Mets are going to win it. I like that. And that kind of brings me into one of my questions. So I'll skip to that one, Matt, fair or foul. The Nats floor is fifth place in the division. Uh, foul. Uh, people are a little too excited about the Marlins. They're not there yet. It was a 60 game season. Um, they had a big COVID scare or outbreak and, you know, had to throw in a bunch of guys and, the, the pitchers who hadn't been seen before by opponents got a little bit lucky. So uh, I'm going to go with foul because the Marlins are almost certainly going to come in last. I actually kind of like that point. I've never heard that argument for the Marlins season that, you know, they just had so many guys that haven't been scouted before. Yeah. I mean, it was just a lot of, I don't really know what's coming for opponents and, you know, credit to them, you know, they did it. They went to the postseason, even won a, a postseason series, but, it's definitely over the course of 162 games, you're going to see a team like the Marlins show their true colors. Hmm. Interesting. Very good point. Next up, fair or foul, Juan Soto will not lead the team in OPS this season. OPS. Um, I'm going to say foul. He's, he's the best player in baseball, or at least the best hitter in baseball. Uh, and... He almost, uh, that was a bold, yeah we, we almost had a headliner right there <laughs> not yet i'm not i'm not there yet i'm close i'll i'll say it mid-season uh if he, if he continues what he's doing but um i just think that the nationals they, they don't have enough contenders for that title uh for me to to really make an argument against him that's for damn sure all right switching up a little bit on to, you know, past this season, fair or foul, the Nats will extend Trey Turner before he hits free agency. Um, that's a tough one. I'm going to go with fair. Um, I think that an extension gets done for the first time since Ryan Zimmerman, the Nationals extend a position player. Um, you know, they need somebody in the infield to stick around for a while. Rendon's gone, Ian Desmond left, you know, Zimmerman's kind of the only one, and he's obviously not on a long-term deal anymore. So I'm going to go with Fair uh, because also they can pay him a lot without paying him a lot, you know, Juan Soto money. Do you have like a ballpark estimate of what you think he'll get for years and dollars? I don't want to give you numbers, but I will say um, there are some rumblings uh, that the, the... the Trey Turner camp is looking very intently at the Francisco Lindor potential uh, contract. That is a quick conversation. This is not to say that they are trying to match Francisco Lindor, um, but there definitely seems to be uh, a tension in that direction uh, in terms of how that might impact negotiations. 
you know how that impacts negotiations on the Nationals? I, I hand him the stat that says there's one everyday shortstop over the last two seasons who played. Sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. There was <laughs> one shortstop in the last two seasons who played every single day who was over the age of 30. That's how I end that conversation. <laughs> I um, also bring up the, uh, the latest report that we signed the number one international prospect who plays shortstop. So, you know. Okay, so I just want, this is, this is a crazy stat, blew my mind. Since Francisco Lindor entered Major League Baseball in 2015, do you know what his OPS is? Um, it's not, it's like, it's not nearly as high as you think it is because he's never had OPS above like 875, I think. Yeah, 833, 833 yep. career OPS, right? Since Trey Turner entered the league in 2015, do you know what his OPS is? Six. 833. <laughs> they have identical OPS since they entered the league. And obviously Lindor has been a better fielder, but that kind of goes to show that Turner's ceiling has pulled him above Lindor in a couple of seasons. To make, that makes you think if he puts it all together for 162 games, I think he has a higher ceiling than Lindor. How old is Lindor right now? Lindor is 28 years old, and he is one of the most overrated players in baseball. He's good. He's very but overrated. He's also going to be two years younger than Trey. So, yeah. I, I mean, definitely it's – we. I know I, I was teasing you a little bit about, you know, the, the Trey Turner watching Lindor thing, but it makes sense for Turner's camp just because look at the shortstop market over the next two years. Everyone who's hitting the market or, you know, negotiating extensions before Trey Turner, obviously that's the baseline. We've seen that plenty of times before with Steven Strasburg setting up Garrett Cole and so on and so forth. So be interesting to see, it, you know, just how much the Nats decide to pay up for a position player. Yeah, I mean, they haven't done it really before other than Zim, and even then it was only a $100 million deal, so. Overpay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our next fair or foul, we're going to move to the NL East. Speaking of the Mets, um, they've kinda, they kind of botched the whole Francisco Lador contract negotiation, so fair or foul. We all heard about the new Mets with Cohen coming in, but he's kind of, you know, missed out on some guys he swore he was going to get. So my question here for Farrafal is, are the Mets still the LOL Mets? The Mets are still the LOL Mets. Fair. Uh, I mean, on a more serious note, the, the reports of the Mickey Calloway situation uh, that came out and how Cohen has hired an independent firm to investigate workplace culture, things are not fixed over there. They brought in a new new owner, but there is still a lot of Mets going around in that organization, uh, and we are going to kind of have to see them take a step forward from an organizational standpoint. The, the players on the field are very talented, and, and I, I think that they have a great team, and, and they're very capable of it, but one, they have to stay healthy, which is something they never seem to be able to do, uh, and two, we need to see some confidence at the top, and that's just something that we haven't seen year in and year out. Uh, and yes, there is optimism with Cohen having come in, uh, but overall we have to see the results and we have to see how they weather, you know, uh, a player coming out and slamming Luis Rojas in the middle of the season. How are they going to handle that? You know, how are they going to handle when a, there's something that could be a bad PR move, but you can weather it. Do they make it worse and turn it into a tornado uh, or do they calm things down uh, and, and let the storm pass? So that, that's kind of how I'm at where I, with the Mets. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it takes a long time to kind of change that workplace culture. I mean, not even in 
uh, you know, full-fledged MLB franchise, but just e- even in, you know, a typical office or whatever, mm-hmm. a lot, you know, needs to be in place in be in place for a while before that culture really changes. So I agree. Um, my next one, kind of a two-parter, so I'm cheating here a little bit. Fair or foul, the Nationals' current championship window is quickly closing, and the Braves will experience a period of divisional dominance similar to what the Dodgers are doing. Uh, I'm going to say that the Nationals window closing fair, Braves dominance foul. Fair on the Nationals window closing because most of the additions that they brought in over the offseason are all on one-year deals. They have Max Scherzer hitting for agency after this year. They have Bell and Turner hitting for agency after next year. So overall, this team could look very different in two years. Uh, So they are going to have to do something uh, to produce a little bit more talent, bring up some of those pitchers, see if they pan out. Uh, I'm not saying that they're going to need to go into a rebuild, uh, but they're going to be in a state of transition uh, into a new core, into a new identity, whatever that may be. Uh, and I'm very interested to see how that goes. As for the Braves, I am not completely sold uh, on the Braves pitchers. We, we saw Ian Anderson do very well in a short spurt. We saw Max Fried do poorly in 2019, not poorly, but you know, average in 2019. Then in the shortened season, he looks like a Cy Young candidate. Uh, now are we going to see him be able to do that over a full season? I don't know. We have Mike Soroka coming off an Achilles injury. Uh, you, you never know how a pitcher is going to respond to that, especially you know when he has to plan on that foot. It, it's a you know very sensitive area, uh, so we'll see you know how he responds from there. And then you know beyond that, they don't really have any other you know Tuki Toussaint, Kyle Wright. These are guys that have come up and were supposed to be part of the rotation and really haven't panned out. That's why they went and got Charlie Morton and Drew Smiley over the offseason. Uh, you know, two veterans who are, you know, going to be gone within a couple of years. So I'm not completely sold that their pitching is going to get it done. And also Freddie Freeman is a free agent soon. Uh, so, you know, if he doesn't resign, that could very much change things for that offense. They obviously have Marcelo Zuna plus Albies and Acuna locked up. Uh, but I, I do think that Freeman is kind of the anchor of that offense. So it's going to be priority number one for them to resign him. Yeah. And Liberty Media does not exactly have a track record of paying players a lot of money. And no. Freddie's going to get a pretty handsome paycheck when he hits free agency. 100%. Yeah, so fair or foul, the Nats will have a top five Cy Young finish and a top five MVP finish this year. Um, That's a good one. I'm going to say foul because I don't think that they'll get a top Cy Young finish. I think Soto and Turner have the potential for top five and MVP. Uh, I think the Nationals rotation is going to be very good, but not necessarily the best, you know, in baseball. And in order to be the best, you need to have a Jacob DeGrom. You need to have, you know, a, a Shane Bieber, somebody who's going to really be the ace top your rotation, a Justin Verlander, just to name a few rotations from the past years. I don't, I think they're going to be very good. I think Scherzer returns to form. I think we have Strasburg, I'm not going to say stay healthy, but at least, you know, pitch well when he's on the field. I think Corbin comes back to earth a little bit after having a, such a high whip. It was absolutely crazy last year. Uh, and, and I think Lester will just give you, you know, solid innings in the number four spot. Uh, and we'll see kind of what happens with Joe Ross and company at number five. But I think that rotation is going to be very good. I don't know if they're going to have that horse at the top uh, who really carries a load. Uh, and is a, a top five Cy Young candidate. Interesting, because obviously, you know, people 
again, have gotten spoiled by the Max Scherzer, you know, era in D.C. with his, you know, perennial Cy Young finishes and uh, occasional win and whatnot. So that that's definitely interesting. Not really a fair or foul, but just curious because I know Ryan and I tend to agree on this. Um, I guess I could turn it into a fair or foul. Fair or foul, Patrick Corbin finishes his contract with the Nationals. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go with fair because if there is a question mark about Corbin, his trade value won't be very good and the Nationals might be stuck with his contract. Uh, so it's probably going to be he's pitching well enough for the Nats to keep him or he's pitching poorly enough where he's virtually untradeable. <laughs> oh, Unfortunately. Man, I, I love that. That's typical Nats. Just, uh, just think yeah. of the, uh, the three scoreless innings in game seven when he gets back. Yes, yes. Yeah, and yeah. It's all worth it for that. You, you gave, you know, whatever he got, $160 million for a World Series title. Just look at it that way. Exactly. Um, all right. So, you know, as we're wrapping up, I, I have to know, give me your Cy Young predictions and your MVP predictions. Um, I'm going to go NL MVP is Soto. Uh, I feel very confident in making you that You homer. Pick. You're such a homer. <laughs> um, NL Cy Young, it's a tough, tough question. Um, and I might get some flack for this, but I'm actually going to go Aaron Nola. Uh, I think he's one of the most underrated pitchers in baseball. And he looks geared up for a really good season uh, after just, you know, he is the pitch, the, the top of that rotation. Zach Wheeler is very good uh, and actually might have looked a little bit better last year. But I see Nola, uh, who's on another deal that is an absolute steal. I can't believe the Phillies have him locked down in such it's under 20 million a year. Um, I think Nola wins it in the NL. For the AL, uh, Garrett Cole, because he's never won one, uh, surprisingly. And I think it's time. Uh, AL MVP. Uh, I don't want to go Trout. It's tough because Tatis, Acuna, and Soto are all in the NL. Uh, so you kind of mm. have to broaden your horizons a little bit. Um, well, that leaves yeah. the door open for someone like Jose Abreu. And Could not, which is cool. He's getting old. Um, and he did it in the 60-game season. Um I honestly was really close to picking Nelson Cruz over him last year. Um, at the end, I felt like Cruz was right there. So you do Cruz like the DH. One. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Not that I don't like it, but it's there, and I accept it. So <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, but my, for my pick, um, I think I'm going to go, you know what, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, wow. I feel, love it. feel really good about what he has been doing. He's lost a lot of weight. He looked great in spring training. The, the potential has always been there. And I think he's almost underrated now because he's been passed by guys like Soto and Tatis. Uh, so I'm going to go Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Wow. I like it. I like it. So we already did your award prediction. So last question for you today. What is your World Series prediction on opening day? My World Series prediction on opening day uh, is going to be Yankees-Padres, which is a bit of a boring pick, but it's not the Dodgers, so I don't think anyone can get mad at me. Um, but the Yankees look to be the clear best team in the American League, although there are questions about that rotation, uh, especially on the back end, and everyone is acting like Jameson Tayon was some really savvy signing for the Yankees, and I just was <laughs> never that impressed with him when he was in Pittsburgh, but that's just me. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they trade for another arm uh, midseason. So we'll see about that. And also they get 
Severino back. Granted, he'll have to be healthy but in time for the playoffs, but we'll see. I like it. I mean, I know MLB would like that also because they have the powerhouse Yankees and then Tatis marketing like mad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to wrap up, but the Nats just announced that they just called up Sam Clay. So Sam Clay is one of the five people who's coming up. Well, he's a lefty. Uh, That's three. You, oh, 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 oh. He oh. might be a lefty. I don't know. This is all speculation, but it seems significant that they bring him up over one of the, some of the right-handers that they had in camp. Interesting. Hmm. Brad Hand. Oh, God. Don't even say it. <laughs> That'd be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we get for talking about how the bullpen was the one area of depth. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, well, Matt, as always, it is a pleasure talking to you. Um, hopefully it's a fantastic season. And once again, we're going to have Matt throughout the entire year for our Matt's moment segment. Once again, you guys can give him a follow on Twitter at by Matt Wyrick, and you can head on over to NBC sports, Washington to keep up with all of his latest pieces. Um, Matt, thanks again, man. It's always a pleasure. Appreciate it guys. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Once again, thank you so much to Matt for joining us. It's always a pleasure, and we're looking forward to having him throughout the entire season. If you guys have not yet, you can give him a follow on Twitter at by Matt Wyrick. And heaters, as you all know, every interview in every show is sponsored by Manscaped. We're going to switch it up a little bit today and talk about something a little bit more serious. We're going to talk about testicular cancer. Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society, Did you know one man every hour, every day is diagnosed with testicular cancer? Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to help save balls. This means not only the designing the right tools for the job, but raising awareness for ball busting disease, which is the most common form of cancer among men ages 15 to 35. That's you. That's me. That's Ryan. Not Amanda, but as part of of their brand mission. Their partnership with the Testicular Cancer Society aims to educate and entertain while spreading a very important message about early detection and self-screening to protect yourself against men's health issues and cancer risk. Together, we save balls. And go to Manscaped, use our promo code HSHH20, but also donate to their cause. It's a great initiative they're doing, makes a ton of sense, and we're happy to support Manscaped and the TCS in every effort to you know, detect, prevent, all that good stuff. So please go help them. Help me help you help us help them. I think that's how that works. All right. Let's move on to the next part of the pod, which is super exciting this week because we are having the whole crew on for um, their predictions, talk about the upcoming season. It's going to be awesome. We've got our writers, our content creators. Everybody is going to be joining us. So we are really, really happy and excited for that. So I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I'm sure we are going to. All right. We have the whole crew here with us, which is super fun. Um, We're going to go through our predictions for the season. We're going to do awards predictions. We're going to talk playoff predictions. We're going to say who wins the division. It's going to be awesome. So let's get started without any further ado. All right. um, Let's go first with you, Nick. Who do you have winning or getting to the playoffs for the National League? Who are your division winners? Yeah. So starting in the AL, the East is probably probably the easiest for me and that's the uh the Yankees I think that's not a surprise to many I'm 
be shocked if any of you guys have anyone besides the Yankees. Uh, to the Central, I have the White Sox. I believe the hype, even though they have Tony LaRusso, which I still think is a bad hire. Uh, I believe the hype. We'll see how they uh, do. You know, the injury bug seems to have got them right now, but I think they're young enough and deep enough to overcome it. To the West, I still have the Astros. Um, you know, I want to believe in the A's, but they refuse to make that move to put them over the top. Um, AL wildcard one, I have the Rays. I believe in, you know, Kevin Cash. I mentioned it on our AL East episode. Uh, you know, he's made some questionable decisions, but I think he's still a good manager and they have a good, you know, system down there in Tampa or down here. I'm still in Tampa. Um, and then the wild card two, I do have the twins. They're still a juggernaut that that lineup still hits. They have a team of Yadiel Hernandez's cause all they do is hit. Um, so that's my AL and then my NL I have, I'll start with the West, uh, Dodgers still, they're just too good. The NL central. Um, this one's a toss-up. I tend to lean with the Cardinals. I think Arenado and Goldschmidt are going to have really good seasons. It's just a matter of what their pitching can do. And then NLEs, I have the Braves. No surprise there, I don't think. But wildcard one, Padres, wildcard two, Mets. Um, I don't have the Nats making it, and I have them about 500 when uh, it's all said and done at the end of the season. Um, so... What does that leave me? All right, so wild card, I have Padres over Mets in a shootout, uh, or a close game, I should say. And then I have Rays over Twins in the AL. So that gives me Rays, Yankees. I have the Rays. The Yankees are going to choke again. And then that leaves me White Sox, Astros. I'm going to go Astros just because of experience. And then Yankees, Astros rematch. Yankees in the pennant, or win the pennant. Or no, that would be Rays. God, I should have written this down. So it's what, Rays-Astros? So Rays-Astros, and the Rays get back to the pennant, or to the World Series. And then the NL, I have the Dodgers basically just cruising through. So unfortunately, it's going to be Dodgers-Rays for me again. All right. That's an interesting, well, kind of boring since it's the same as last It is year. pretty boring. <laughs> I'm saving my bold picks for, for later on. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, CK, what you got? Oh, you're picking me next. Oh, I am wonderful. picking you next. Everybody, this is CK. He's our for making his debut on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks so much. Yeah, happy to be here. Uh, so, uh, my picks are actually not super far off from Nick's, but let's go down the line. So, first off, in the at least I have the Yankees. I don't think there's any argument against that. Nobody else is going to come even close to them in the regular season. In the AL Central, I'm going to go with the White Sox, just because, again, I don't really see anyone competing in them. I do not believe in the Twins at all, and I don't even have them making the playoffs. I think this is going to be a down year for Minnesota. Uh, in the AL West, I believe heavily in the A's, so much that I think they're going to take the, take the division away from the Astros, who I think are going to take the second wildcard spot, with the first wildcard spot going to the Rays, because I agree with Nick. I believe in Kevin Cash. I think even with the decisions he's made in the past, he's still a great manager, and the team still has the still has the durability to win, especially for Rosarina as a bounce back here and guys like Wander Franco show up and make an impact if he gets called. So that leaves us in the Walker round. I have the Rays over the Astros just because I think they have more depth and they're more equipped to win a, to win a single game. And then that takes us to them versus the White Sox. And I definitely, I think the Rays have it, what it takes to beat the White Sox because I just don't think the experience is enough in Chicago for them to make a deep postseason run yet. And between the A's and the Athletics, I this is really a tough one because it feels like a, like a choker fest, but 
I'm going to have to go with the A's in that one. And then I have the Rays over the Athletics and the ALCS, so we're going to see a repeat from the Rays. And then we go on over to the National League side. It's pretty obvious the Dodgers are probably just going to cruise through garnering something unexpected. So they'll take the NL West. The Padres probably won't be too far behind, so we'll take the first wildcard spot. I have the Braves for the NL East because they probably have the most complete team in the division. And then the NL Central, it really is a toss-up. But I think with the Christian Yelich coming back in a full season, I think the team has the firepower to make it. So I think they're just going to win the Central over the Cardinals. And I already mentioned the Padres in the, uh, in the fourth wild card spot. And lastly, I have faith in our boys that we're going to pull it out and um, make it to the second wild card spot. Which further we go after that, I can't tell you because I have us losing the wild card game of the Padres by a wide margin. Before the Padres get crushed by the Dodgers, who proceed to crush the Braves, who beat the Brewers. So I also have a repeat matchup between the Rays and the Dodgers just because I think they're the most equipped to make a deep run a second time in a row. All right. I like it. Okay, uh, Monty, making your sophomore appearance here on the pod. What do you got for us? Yep. Okay, um, let me scroll up. I got mine written down over here. Okay, so uh, American League East, Yankees. Uh, we've already talked about them enough. Um, I've got the Twins uh, in the AL Central, third straight year. Um, I think they've still got enough firepower to continue. Uh, American League West, I'm going with uh, with the Astros. And with the wild cards, we're going to have uh, the Athletics and the Blue Jays. Uh, on the, I'm going to do west to east on the NL side real quick. Uh, National League West winner, I've got the Dodgers, easy. Uh, the Cardinals in the Central. Uh, and then... For the NL East, um, I'm going to talk real quick. Uh, a pitch hasn't even been thrown yet, and, uh, you know, anything is still possible. So that's that's one of the things that's so romantic about opening day. Um, there's a quote from the show, Ted Lasso, um, that I love. It's I think it's the lack of hope that comes and gets you. I believe in hope. I believe in belief. That's the quote. So for me, as a fan, hope is all I got. Um, and I know Nick and Ryan and Tyler are going to be rolling their eyes right now thinking I'm delusional and I'm dreaming, but, um, if you can't dream or have hope or belief on the eve of opening day, what, uh, when can you, right? Um, let me dream guys. Uh, so I'm a Nats fan. (laughs) Yep. I'm a Nats fan. I'm on a Nats podcast. I'm picking the Washington nationals to win the NL East. Bold. So the line between dreaming and stupid. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> I, knew, I, I knew you wouldn't be able to, like, resist <laughs> responding. But I'm going to dream, and you guys can wake me up tomorrow, and, and we can be real then. <laughs> um, my wild cards uh, for the NL is going to be uh, the Padres and uh, I believe the Braves. Yeah, the Braves. Um, and then I've actually got um, the Nationals going out to the Padres. <laughs> so I'm talking about dreaming and then I have them going out in the NLCS to the Padres. Padres uh, uh, taking on the Yankees who uh, beat the A's in the ALCS. So it'll be Padres, Yankees, Yankees winning six. All right. I like it. Okay. Um, let's go to Matt next. Look guys, so I have pretty similar predictions. I'll start with the AL East. I have the Yankees, as we all do. I don't think anyone's going to knock them off. Central, I have the Twins. 
I think the White Sox are close. They're going to be my first wild card team, but I think Minnesota will take the division. Uh, and in the West, I have the Astros. I want to pick the Angels, but every year I feel like I get duped into thinking that the Angels are going to finally make the playoffs, and it just never happens. So I'm going to stick with the Astros and uh, let's go over to the NL. West have the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are the clear best team in baseball. don't think anyone really is going to come close to competing with them. I do have the Padres as my first wild card team in the West. Uh, in the Central, the Cardinals, I think the additions of Goldschmidt and Arenado, or the addition of Arenado, pardon me, is going to help push them over the top. I have them winning the division. And in the East, I wish I could follow up and agree with Monty, but I don't have the same faith. I wish I did, but I think the Braves are going to take the division. The Mets are going to get the wild, second wild card, and I have the Nats finishing in fourth place. I think they're going to win. I'm going to go with 79 to 80 games. Uh, I wish that didn't feel that way. I don't want to be Mr. Negative, but just don't know if the offense is going to be good enough. But I'll move on to my playoff predictions. In the AL wildcard game, I have the White Sox over the Blue Jays. Uh, that would send the Blue Jays or the White Sox to take on the number one seed Yankees. I have the Yankees beating the White Sox. Uh, the 2-3 matchup, I have the Astros beating the Twins. And I have the Yankees and Astros little rematch from 2019 in the ALCS. And I think this time the Yankees finally make it back to the World Series and defeat the Astros. Uh, in the NL wildcard game, I got the Padres beating the Mets. That would send the Padres to take on the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are just too good. Uh, they beat the Padres. Have the Braves over the Cardinals in the 2-3 battle. And the NLCS, a rematch of last year, Dodgers-Braves. I think it ends up the same way. I think the Dodgers beat the Braves, head back to the World Series, and win the World Series again to give us our first back-to-back -back champion since the Yankees did it, the three-peat back 98 to 2000. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, Tyler, what you got for us? All right. So um, I got the Yankees winning the AL East. Um, I think they're by far the favorite in the AL East. Um, I know the Rays won last year, but – uh, you know, as we know, they traded Blake Snell and they just don't really look as good on paper. But we all know with the Rays that, you know, they kind of like pull pitchers with sub two ERAs out of their butt. So I wouldn't really be shocked to see the Rays kind of give the Yankees a run for their money just because of who they are. Um, the AL Central, I actually have the Twins winning the division. I think, you know, the White Sox get all the hype, but I think, you know, the Aloy Jimenez injury kind of hampers them a little bit. And I also um, – I like the Twins lineup still. I think um, they have some kind of solid starting pitching towards the top, not really a complete rotation. But I think the Twins are actually going to um, take the lead and win the AL Central over the uh, White Sox. And then AL West, um, I have the Astros uh, like you all do. Um, you know, I think, you know, the Astros have kind of been declining over the past three years. But, you know, they're still, in my opinion, the best team in that division – and, you know, no one else really, as far as I could see, improved. I mean, the A's got worse. They got they, uh, they let Marcus Simeon walk. Um, you know, I, I just don't see them really uh, giving the Astros a run for their money. The Angels got the lineup. But as we know, they refused to spend on starting pitching. So, I mean, there's only so far they can go. And then NL East, I have the Braves winning the division for the fourth year in a row. It really stinks. I hate the Braves, the burning passion. But, I mean, they're by far and away, in my opinion, the best team in the NL East. Um, I don't really see, like, a clear weakness in their roster. And I think they win probably, like, 95 to 98 games in the division, even though I think the NL East is going to be tough. 
Um, the NL Central, I actually have the Brewers winning it. I think the Cardinals are actually pretty overrated. I know they got Arenado, but I think their rotation's extra suspect. I mean, they have Jack Flaherty, and then you got Miles Michaelis, and you got old Adam Wainwright, and then, you know, where are you really going from there? So I think the Brewers are going to win it with their pitching. Um, you know, they have Brandon Woodruff at the top. Um, they had a good year from Corbin Burns last year, and we all know they have a really good bullpen with uh, Josh Hader and Devin Williams at the back end. So I think the Brewers are actually going to pull it out and win that division. And then NL West, I think the obvious choice is the Dodgers. Um, you know, like the AL Central, the Padres are getting all the hype right now, but people forget how good the Dodgers really are. So I have the Dodgers winning that division again. And then the NL wild card, I have – the Padres getting the first wild card and the Mets getting the second. And I have the Padres beating the Mets in the wild card game. And then in the AL, I actually have the White Sox getting the first wild card and I have the Blue Jays getting the second wild card. Um, I think that could be a fun wild card game if that actually turns out to be true. And I have the White Sox beating the Blue Jays in that uh, wild card game just because I think uh, Giolito outdo outduel uh, Hinjin Ryu. And then NLDS, I have the Dodgers over the Padres in five. And I have the Braves over the Brewers in four. And then um, in the ALDS, I have the Yankees beating the White Sox in four. And then the Astros beating the Twins in five. Um, I was tempted to put Astros over Twins in three, you know, because they can't win a playoff game. But I'm going to say that series goes to five. And then the NLCS, I have the Braves and Dodgers again with the Dodgers winning in six. And then the ALCS, I have the Yankees and Astros again, and I have the Yankees beating the Astros in six to give us a very boring Yankees and Astros World Series prediction. Yeah, that is boring. Yankees and right. Astros. Or, I'm sorry, Yankees and Dodgers, my fault. Okay. <laughs> I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant. All right, Ryan, you're up. Yeah, so starting with the American League, pretty quick and simple. Yankees are winning the division. They are the best team on paper, as all of us have talked about. Going to the Central, I have the Twins winning the division. Um, and then the Astros winning the West. For my wild cards, I have the Angels. I'm going to have fun with it. I think the Angels can be a lot better than people think this year. They actually made some pretty good strides with their bullpen, and their lineup is legit. And I have the Red Sox game, the second spot. The Red Sox are very healthy this year. They are getting five starting pitchers back. That plays a big difference, and their offense is already elite. I don't think the White Sox make the playoffs. I think they're extremely overrated. I think they're still a year or two away. They spent a lot of money. They have pieces in there, but Tony Larusa and Adam Eaton are absolute cancers, and they're going to bring that team down. Adam Eaton sucks. You heard it here first, and he will destroy the White Sox. Moving to the National League, I have the Dodgers winning the NL West. They're going to win 110 games. And then the NL Central, I have the Brewers winning with 87 wins. Um, I think the NL Central as a whole is very interesting. I think the Cardinals are very overrated, as Tyler said. Their pitching is incredibly suspect. And then the East, I have the Braves winning. And the Braves winning 100 games on the dot. The first wildcard spot is going to go to the Padres. They're going to win about 93 games. And the second wildcard spot is going to go to the Mets. I had them just below 90 wins. I don't think the NL East is as good as everyone thinks it's going to be. It is a two-team race, and it's a bunch of other teams just fighting somehow to come in third place. So going to the playoffs, starting with the National League, I have the Padres over the Mets in the wildcard game. 
Mets will go home sad as always. I had the Dodgers making very quick business over the Padres in the NLDS, the Braves over the Brewers, and I have a Braves-Dodgers NLCS again, but this time I have the Braves winning, beating the Dodgers in seven. They have reinforced their starting rotation. They would have beaten the Dodgers last year, but all their pitchers were hurt. That's not going to happen this year. Braves beat the Dodgers in seven in the NLCS. To the American League, the Red Sox beat the Angels in the wildcard game. The Yankees quickly turn around and beat the Red Sox in four games. The Astros beat the Twins. Twins will not win the playoff series. Yankees over the Astros in the ALCS. And then the Braves beating the Yankees in seven games in the World Series. Those are the official predictions on what's going to happen this year. Official predictions. I like it. Okay, so that makes it my turn. Um, I actually, it's similar some, in some ways to yours, Ryan. Um, I've got the Yankees winning the AL East, of course. Um, I've got the White Sox taking the Central. Um, I think they are going to be fun to watch this year, and I definitely think they're going to take it. But uh, Astros in the West, um, I hate the Astros, and I wish nothing but bad things for them, but I do think they're going to win their division. I've got the Braves taking the NL East. The Cardinals taking the Central. I did kind of want to pick the Brewers um, for the aforementioned reasons about weak pitching, but I, I just feel like the Cardinals are going to pull it out this year. And then, of course, the Dodgers taking the NL West. Now, my playoff predictions, I've got the NL wildcard spots going to the Padres. And i got to bring a little bit of Homer into the situation. I've got the Nats getting in and promptly losing the wildcard to the Padres. Uh, then the Braves beating the Cardinals in the NLDS, the Dodgers beating the Padres in the NLDS, and then the Braves beating the Dodgers in the NLCS to take the pennant and advance to the World Series. And then in the American League, I've got Twins and Blue Jays making it as the um, as the wildcard teams with the Blue Jays advancing. And then the Yankees beating the Blue Jays, White Sox beating the Astros, and then the White Sox beating the Yankees in the ALCS for a Braves-White Sox World Series. I like it. Yeah. A little bit out of the box, but if you can't do that during the, pre, the pre-beginning the of the season predictions, when can you do it? I just realized, so some, some people gave their World Series winner. I just realized I didn't give mine. I do have the Dodgers repeating as well. I think it was the same as Matt, if I'm not mistaken, but... Yeah, pretty boring for me. Basically an exact replica of what it would have been last year if we only had five teams make it. Who didn't give their actual winners? Oh, I didn't either, uh, because I thought we were doing that at the end. I actually have the Dodgers repeating, too. I just think, you know, they're a unit. They can't be stopped. They're too good. (laughs) Yeah. All right, I've got the Braves winning, unfortunately, because as any good Nats fan does, I loathe the Braves, but I have the Braves winning. Yeah, uh, my winner's going to have to wait until we do the uh, bull prediction segment. Ah, okay. <laughs> but while I'm on camera, I'd just like to make an interesting point for all the listeners that Ryan mentioned our hatred for Adam Eaton. I remember doing this a couple weeks ago. In 2020, with Adam Eaton in the lineup, the Nationals were 14-27. and 27. With him out of the lineup, they were 12-7. and 7. Just remember that. <laughs> all right. All right, noted. Noted. Do Did that. anybody else not give their winner? Hold on, hold on. Do that his entire career with the Nationals. They have a losing record when he was healthy, and they're well above 500 when he – sorry, they, they're well below – yeah, yeah, well below 500 when he was healthy, and they're amazing when he was hurt because Admin is a cancer. Remember that. Wow. And he's gone. Monty, did you give us your winner, your World Series winner? Yeah, Yankees. I had Yankees over uh, Padres in six. Good. Nick, I hope you're writing all this down because I didn't. No, Monty's our secretary. He's yeah, supposed to be Monty writing it down. Failed. He already said he didn't do it. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> it got, it, he got halfway through mine, and I was first to go. He's like, yeah, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. All righty. So we've done our division winners playoff predictions. Um, let's talk awards. Um, let's do MVPs first, and we'll switch around the order this time. Ryan, who you got? We already know who the MVP is this year. The 2020, 2021 NL MVP is none other than Trey Turner. Everyone's talking about Tatis, bomb. Everyone's talking about Soto. He's all right. It's going to be Trey Turner. Right. He is winning the NL MVP. And then um, Mike Trout is plus 200 odds when win the AL MVP. Absolutely absurd. And I'm not betting against Mike Trout. Um, it's boring, but I'm going Mike Trout in the AL. So I got Trey Turner and Mike Trout as my MVPs. All right, Tyler. I also have Mike Trout winning AL MVP. I mean, you know, the guy is just a beast. I mean, you can't bet against him, like Ryan said. I mean, I have him winning it again. Um, and I also do have Juan Soto winning the NL MVP. I think he's going to break through and do it this year. But if he's co-MVP with Trey Turner, that is completely fine with me also. I'll accept it. All right, Matt? Yeah, I'm actually going to keep the streak going. I have Mike Trout as my AL MVP. My bold prediction for the entire league actually has to do with Mike Trout. So stay tuned for that later. But NL, I'm going with Cody Bellinger. Uh, Bellinger was the 2019 MVP. He had a down year for his standards in 2020, but I think on a stacked team, Bellinger is going to be able to put up great numbers, hit 40 plus home runs again. And I think he takes away with the NL MVP. All right, Monty. Uh, it's, I'm not going to go with Mike Trout just because I'm, I'm going to be different. Uh, I have the A's, the A's making the playoffs and I've got Matt Chapman, uh, putting in an MVP performance for the athletics and that's what helps get them to the playoffs. And then, uh, my national league MVP is going to be, uh, not Juan Soto. It's going to be Trey Turner. It's going to be Trey Turner. So there you go. I dig it. All mats, all mats on here. All right, CK, what do you got? Uh, so, National League, I cannot, in good conscience, not pick Juan Soto. I'm too much of a homer not to pick him. I think he's going to have a fantastic season. Homers and, unite. And the AL, I'm actually going to go a bit off the rails here and not pick my chart. I'm going with Jose Ramirez. I think he's going to have to do a lot of the carrying for the, for the Indians lineup, and I think he's going to fall. I think he's going to do his job really well. All right. Nick? Man, I mean – my picks are kind of boring, so I kind of want to, like, just go off the rails because why not? It's not like these mean anything anyways. Uh, I, Juan Soto not only is, like, the favorite in our eyes, but he is the betting favorite too. Um, but I'm going to just – if it's not Juan Soto, so I'll give that caveat, I'm going to pick Nolan Arenado. I think he has a similar effect that DJ LeMayhew has had and proves that Coors effect wrong, and I have the Cardinals winning the Central. So I think, you know – Nolan Arenado has a, a large piece to do with that. And then the AL, I'm going deep. I want to, again, I, I have to give the caveat that if it's not Mike Trout, uh, because it, it's the award should be named the Mike Trout AL MVP award. Uh, I'm going to go deep and I'm going to go Shohei Otani um, because that would be I fun. I think, you know, if he puts up good numbers on the mound, everyone he he's it's never been a question of whether he can hit or not everyone has seen that it's is his arm healthy enough and if he can be an ace for that you know staff there's no reason not to give it to him because he's doing it he more so than anyone else in the entire league so i'm gonna go deep dive for that 
All right. Well, my picks are super boring. Um, I'm going to go. I, I feel like not picking Mike Trout for the AL is like not picking OV to win the Rocket Richard. Like you just don't bet against him. So I'm going to go Mike Trout, even though it's boring. And then um, I'm going to be boring on the NL side, too. It's going to be Juan Soto, I think. Although if it's if it's Trey Turner, I, I certainly wouldn't mind. But I think Soto is going to have a monster year this year, hopefully starting tomorrow, and he's not out with COVID. Yeah, it's weird. We've been recording for, like, over an hour. We still haven't gotten the full list of Is there anything new? Yet. I haven't been on Twitter since we started recording, so I don't know what's going on. There's nothing new. Just people right. freaking out that Soto's the COVID case. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we're going to know until they actually put out the starting lineup tomorrow. Yeah, and then we'll see, like, Josh Bell and Juan Soto not in it because Dang. they want they wanted to start Ryan Zimmerman. <laughs> hey, Zimmerman went to my high school. I got no issue with that. <laughs> that would be the most yes. nuts thing ever to start Ryan Zimmerman over their newly acquired Josh Bell on opening day. Yep. Yeah, I love me some Ryan Zimmerman, but I would really like to see Josh Bell tomorrow. Yep. Please and thank you. All right, so we did our MVPs. Let's go Cy Young. Uh, Nick, what do you got? Oh, man. I mean, this. I really wanted to go different for MVP just because of how boring the Cy Young's going to be. I'm going Garrett Cole, Jacob deGrom. And until I'm proven wrong, like, that, that's what it is. Uh, it's kind of – we Ryan and I interviewed Matt Wyrick earlier, which I guess if you're listening to this, you just already listened to the interview. But he picked Garrett Cole and pointed out that Garrett Cole has never won a Cy Young. Which, which seems did, crazy. Yeah, I, I, like I forgot about that. So I think this is the year the Yankees are going to be an absolute force. So it's Cole and DeGrom is the best pitcher on earth. So, you know, if I had to put money down, I'm putting it on DeGrom. Fair enough. Okay, CK. Uh, so I'm going to be a little bit different. Of course, last week when I was writing, I decided to go nuts with my uh, dark horses, but I'm not going to be that crazy. Uh, I'm going to go with Lucas Giolito in the American League just to pour extra salt in all of our Adam hate, Adam Eaton hate wounds. Mm -hmm. And for the National League, I'm going to go with Walker Bueller. Okay. I like it. Those are a little outside the box. Monty is shaking his head. What do you think, Monty? I also have Walker Bueller. Um, and then that's why I was shaking my head because I thought I, I was being different. Uh, my American League Cy Young, I, uh, I'm going with Garrett Cole. Uh, that's not too outside the box, but he's never won a Cy Young. So um, I guess Nick was saying prove me otherwise with DeGrom because obviously he's been proven otherwise with Garrett Cole, who's never won a Cy Young. So just <laughs> mentioning that. There you go. All right, Matt. Yeah, I'm going to go with CK and agree. Lucas Giolito is the AL Cy Young winner. Like he said, just make the whole Adam Eaton trade a little bit worse by the day. On my NL? Despite not thinking the Nats are going to have a great year, I think Max Scherzer is going to have a great year. I think he personally is going to feel like he has a lot to prove after a down year for his standards last year. I think Max is going to come out on a tear. I think he takes home the 2021 NL Cy Young. All right. Tyler? So I also have G. Ludo winning the AL Cy Young. I don't know like what it is. I guess we all had the same thought process of wanting the Nats to eat the Adam Eaton trade. I know. Harder. Why are you guys so hateful? <laughs> that was that was definitely what I was thinking about. But I think, you know, G. Ludo is just turning into a stud. I really think, you know, he's going to take it home this year. You know, when the White Sox fixed his arm action and it was simple as that. I'm not really sure why the Nats couldn't figure that out. But, you know, and then this NL Cy Young, I actually have Luis Castillo winning it. Um, I think he's actually a pretty underrated pick. He's got some pretty insane strikeout stuff. Um, you know, he's got that insane changeup, which I think is actually pretty underrated now. 
Um, so I got uh, – I was thinking of picking DeGrom just for the easy pick, but I wanted to go a little bit bold for at least one pick. So I got uh, Castillo for the NL Cy Young. All right, Ryan. Yeah, so I'm also going Lucas Giolito. I took him in my fantasy baseball league, and he's going to get me the Cy Young, and he's going to be absolutely lights out this year. And then NL, I'm going boring. Um, it's Jacob DeGrom's award. It's going to be named after him eventually. He's the best pitcher on the planet. It's not even close, and he's going to have a ERA under two again this season. Yeah, I got to go DeGrom as well. I just – when you when you read about DeGrom, like he's pitching with higher velocity every year as he gets older, which is just bananas and makes no sense. But he just keeps getting better. And I don't I mean, I can see a lot of other guys having really good years, but I just don't think anybody's going to outclass DeGrom. So boring as it is, I'm going to go with that. And then for the AL, I'm going to go with Tyler Glasnow, which I don't think anybody else picked. So at least we have a couple he, of different ones so we can. Did he develop a new pitch or does he just have the one, two? He, I actually saw, I think he was throwing a slider in spring training now. Oh. So I think he added that. Yeah, working on another pitch. But I, I don't know. I wanted to pick something that I figured nobody else would pick, so we at least have some some differentials in our uh, in our picks when we put them up on Twitter. It's crazy how much deeper the NL options are for Cy Young than the AL. Mm-hmm. Like, just, I, I have the Vegas odds right here, and, like, you're going down the AL, you're like, Luis Severino is plus 3,000, and he's not going to pitch – maybe at all this season. So it's like they're, they're digging deep. The one going to be at the timetable. That's just me though. Yeah. But the, uh, the one I wanted to point out and I'm not that I'm rooting for it to happen it, but Max Freed is probably an underrated pick because you know, the, the voters, the boomers, they are, they love the best player, best team type argument. So if Max Freed is the ace for that Braves, who we, I think all picked to win the NL East except for Monty, um, <laughs> uh, Max Freed could be in that Cy Young uh, conversation. Yep, I like it. Okay, next one is Rookie of the Year. Um, we're doing snake draft style here. Nick, why don't you go? No, we ended with Ryan, so it's Ryan. Oh, it's Ryan. That's right. Okay, That's Ryan, you go. Snake draft works. Uh, <laughs> rookie of the Year for the NL, I am going Ian Anderson. I think he's going to be pretty good this year. Um, kind of arriving the Braves, but, you know, whatever. I bet on them to win the World Series. That's why I'm going to pick them a lot, this stuff. And then for the AL, I'm going uh, Nick Madrigal. I think I said his last name right. Boom. Boom. All right, Tyler. So for the AL, I got Jared Kelenic. Um, I know with the whole Mariners situation and, you know, the service time thing, um, I actually I still think he's going to get called up eventually during this season and just put on a show. So I got him winning the AL Rookie of the Year. And then the NL Rookie of the Year, I got Cabrian Hayes of the Pirates winning it. Um, you know, he put up great numbers in a short span last year. And, you know, he was tearing it up in spring training. And I think, you know, he's going to be a hell of a player. And I think he's going to win it in the National League. All right. Matt? I'm going to agree with Ryan in the NL. I'm going to go Ian Anderson, I think. <clears throat> the Braves are going to win the division. He's going to be a big stud in their rotation. I think that he'll run away with the award. And in the AL, I'm going to go with Randy Orozarena. Uh, I think after hitting 10 home runs, I think it was in the postseason last year, I think he's going to continue on a tear and uh, win the award. All right, Monty. Uh, For the American League, I'm going with uh, Bobby Dalbeck in Boston. 
Uh, and the National League Rookie of the Year, I think Cabrian Hayes and Ian Anderson are, are really good picks, but I'm going to have fun with it, and I'm going to go with uh, former UVA first baseman Pavin Smith of the uh, of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yep. I fully expect you to say Luis Garcia there for a second. <laughs> I thought about it just to mess with you. <laughs> uh, no, I actually like Luis Garcia, so I've been okay with it. <laughs> oh, well, i got to rethink everything now. Yeah. <laughs> My whole life is a lie. All right, CK. Yeah, just before we begin, I'm really weirded out by the fact that I looked up the Vegas Odds Rookie of the Year, and uh, Seth Romero is plus 3,000. So, uh, yeah, that's a thing. But anyway, for the uh, American League, I was going to go with Jared Kalanick, but the whole Mariner service time thing is really discouraging me. So I'm going to go with the guy who I actually got to watch when he was playing in Norfolk. I have a lot of faith in Ryan Mountcastle. I think he's going to be an absolute stud for the Orioles, and I think he's going to be a surprising pick for Rookie of the Year that's going to pay off. And for the National League, I'm going to stay away from the popular pick and Brian Hayes, even though he's obviously an amazing player. And I'm going to go with Joey Bart on the Giants. I think that having Posey behind him is going to give him like a really good veteran presence that's going to allow him to stay calm and uh, perform better, and it's going to pay off at the end of the year. All right. Nick? Damn, that was good. Um, I was going to go Rosarena because, you know, we were through a couple, and I was like, damn, like, is he going to follow me? And I don't want to repeat picks. I want to go with uh, – you know, someone else. So I'm going to go with Tristan McKenzie in Cleveland because no matter what, no matter who, Cleveland develops pitchers. And it, it's frustrating that they don't do more to make their team better. But think of, like, the dominant pitching staffs they've had over the years. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I think, you know, they still have a very solid rotation with Plezak and and uh, obviously Bieber and now Tristan McKenzie as well. So, uh, that's kind of a, a dark horse pick there. And then because no one said him and he's second in Vegas odds, I got to say, I'm going to go Sixto Sanchez in Miami. I'm going to all pitchers. I, did yeah, I think people got discouraged because he got sent down a little bit. Cause I, yeah, I was surprised. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be for, for very long, especially with COVID and stuff. Yeah. And manipulating the, way... the hell out of his service then. Yep. For sure. But I expect a lot of pitcher injuries since nobody, had a full season last year so you're gonna see you're gonna see him back yep all right my picks are um randy rosarania for the al i just was so impressed by that kid last year and i know he's not a kid he's kind of an old rookie but he what he did in the playoffs was amazing so i i think he's gonna have a monster year and then i'm gonna go you know i want you know i was thinking i always do the nats homer thing i was gonna you know pick carter Keyboom, but since he didn't make the club I'll uh, go with Christian Pat. We talked about this on the last episode. Is it Posh, Pash, Pashy? How do you, I don't know how you say his name. I think it's Pache. Pache. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think he's going to have a really impressive year too. He looked really good in the playoffs last year. So he's my pick for the NL. Like it. All right. So let's go manager of the year next. And Nick, start us off. Oh, uh, man. I mean, definitely a bunch of different ways you can go, but in the AL, I hate it. I despise it. But, you know, boomers are going to stick with their own. And I think Tony La Russa is going to get it um, because if the White Sox make the playoffs, even though they made the playoffs last year, they're going to give it to Tony La Russa, especially if they win the division um, in order to make the playoffs in the NL. A bunch of different ways you can go. Um, like you could go. Um, why is the Padres manager's name escaped? Jace, Jace, Tingler. Tingler. Jace Tingler. Thank you. You could. I think that's a popular one, but I, th- yeah, I'll go Jace Tingler. I, I think, you know, they're going to ride that, that wave of the Padres are finally, you know, it, relevant 
and you know Fernando Tatis starred the the league and whatnot. So I'm gonna go Jace Tingler. All right, I like it. Um, I'm forgetting what order we did this in this time. CK, I think you were next. Yeah, CK. Yeah, might have been. I believe it or not, had the exact same picks as Ryan. I was gonna pick Tony Russo just because I thought it'd be hilarious for people to spend whole off season calling him an old fart, and then he just goes out and wins Manager of the Year, which would be hilarious. And Jace Tingler is just too easy of a pick. The Padres literally have everything to lose this season. And I think if they do it right, then you should be an easy pick. All right. Monty, what do you got? Um, I've got uh, in the American League, I'm going with uh, Charlie Montoya of the Blue Jays and uh, getting them into the playoffs. And then in the National League, I'm going with 2019 World Series winning manager, Davey Martinez. Nice. Picking up the homer slack for me this evening. I appreciate it. Yeah, somebody's got somebody's to rub Ryan the wrong way. Yes. It's the Lord's work. I'm hanging right. with my cat right now, say, so it doesn't it's, matter. It's Finn <laughs> rubbing him the wrong way right now. Yeah, I was so. going to say, can, I, can we see Finn? I don't think I've actually met Finn. I just saw his ass in about. your face. That's how cats show you they love you. That's their, <laughs> they put their ass in your face. All right. With that terrific lead-in, Matt, we have your pick for manager of the year. I'm going to go pretty boring, but I think two teams are going to win over 100 games, one in the AL, one in the NL. Uh, the AL manager here is going to be Aaron Boone. I think the Yankees are going to absolutely dominate the AL. And the NL, I think it's going to be Dave Roberts with the Dodgers. I just think they're going to be the clear best team in baseball till the very end, so I think he's going to take on the award. All right. That is boring, but possibly accurate. <laughs> Tyler? Uh, mine are pretty boring, too. Like Matt, I have Aaron Boone winning the AL Manager of the Year. Um, you know, I just think he's going to lead the Yankees to probably, I would say, they get around 105 wins, and I think he's going to be the clear pick in the AL. And then I also have Jace Tingler winning the NL Manager of the Year uh, just, you know, because of the Padres, you know, and, you know, what else is there to say? <laughs> it's the easy pick. All right. Ryan? <laughs> I like wrote down all of my picks. I'm like, these are really good. No one's going to do it. Like every single person copied all of my picks. That happens when you invite too many people on the podcast. You can't be original. That just happens when you're basic. Um, so for manager of the year in the AL, I'm going Charlie Montoyo of the Blue Jays. I think they have a pretty good year. So I think he gets the manager of the year. And then in the NL, I'm going Jace Tingler of the Padres. In my defense, I did want to go Luis Rojas, but then I thought about how like likable the Padres are, so I changed it last minute. But I'm surprised no one went Luis Rojas. Well, I'm the last one, and I'm not going Luis Rojas either. Um, I'm going Charlie Montoya of the Blue Jays. I do think they're going to have a pretty awesome regular season, and it'll be an exciting story. And he'll win for the AL. And then I've got uh, Brian Snicker of the Braves, because I think they're going to win the World Series and have a monster year, so he's my NL pick. And that brings us to the most fun part of this, which is our bold predictions. All right, so let's start with you, Ryan. There's a lot of ways I go with this because I like going bold. So I'm going to start with my Nats bold prediction, and I'm going to say that Juan Soto does not finish in the top 10 of MVP voting. That's my Nats bold prediction. Along with that bold prediction, he has an OPS below 900. When we go bold, we do it big and then all around baseball um i'm gonna say no team wins 100 games this year for my bold prediction those are bold all right tyler all right so my nats bold prediction 
I have high hopes for this guy coming off the opt-out is that Joe Ross finishes the season with the second-best ERA in the rotation. Let's go. And then for my MLB prediction, I'm going to say, you know, as bad as the NL Central is, I'm going to say that three starting pitchers from the NL Central finish top five in Cy Young voting, and those three pitchers will be Luis Castillo, Brandon Woodruff, and Jack Flaherty. I like it. All right. I like it. Matt. So I'm going to follow up on my pick for my MLB bold prediction of Mike Trout to win the MVP. Trout last year was on pace to hit 50-plus homers. I think he's going to do that for the first time in his career. I'm going to say he hits 54 home runs and route to winning the MVP. And for the Nats bold prediction, I'm going to say by the 4th of July, Chris Bryant is a Washington National. Oh, Wow, I, I like that one. That. <laughs> I dig it. I just I totally realized I wasn't that. muted, and I'm my reactions are coming through every single time, so I'm gonna mute myself. <laughs> All right, Monty, what are what are your bold predictions? Well, I already I already did my Nats one. Um, wouldn't it be funny if I just changed it and was like, Nats are gonna win the World Series after I already said somebody else is going to? No, uh, Nationals win the division and get within one game of the World Series. Uh, it's in line with what I said earlier. Um, my bold prediction for general MLB. Um, Justin Verlander will not pitch this season uh, and I don't think he'll ever pitch in another playoff game his contract will be up after this year I believe and he'll be headed back to Detroit is this just because you hate Justin Verlander I have no comment if you don't know Monty's Justin Verlander story, it's a doozy so we won't get into that here now but yeah. that's a, yeah. yeah, you ask him about it on Twitter <laughs> yeah, the, after a I couple see he's drinks, drinking wine, so say, maybe you could catch him drinks, after maybe. enough wine. Yeah. <laughs> so anytime after this. Yeah. <laughs> All right, CK. All right. So uh, I wrote too many bold predictions down, so let me just uh, spare you guys and give you the Sparkdowns version. Uh, first up, I think Trey Turner is going to join the 2020 club this year. It's a long time coming. He's at 19 home runs his last two full seasons. It, it's got to happen at some point. Also, I think Scherzer is going to get the 3,000 Ks by July. Wait, July now. Wow. Excuse me, August. July's he has like 200. That's way too early. Excuse me, I meant to say August. Yeah, I was going to okay. say that's a lot of strikeouts. I was say, damn, even yeah, for Max, that's that's old. I meant to say August. My bad. Okay. And then a couple uh, regular predictions. I think the Mets are going to fizzle out completely and finish fifth. And I think the nice. Rays are going to shock. I think the Rays are going to shock the Dodgers in a World Series rematch in seven games. All right. I like it. Okay, Nick. I, I'm just going to repeat the one because I gave it a while ago, uh, but I am going to double down on it. And I think Jackson Rutledge pitches over 100 innings for the team this year. And it's not necessarily because he's like effective. <laughs> it's just, you know, look, there's no depth in any part of this team. Um, but if Rutledge can come up and, you know, have like somewhere around a four ERA, I think they're just going to leave him up. Um, so that's kind of what I expect for the Nats. Um, my, you know, to, to do another Nats one that I haven't said before, I think if you're doing the pure sense of the word, uh, you know, MVP, it's like the best player versus the most valuable. But I think the Nats' most valuable player is going to be Josh Bell. I think he's going to have a great season and provide that protection for Soto. Soto is going to be, you know, probably the most outstanding player, but I think Bell will be the most valuable by season's end. And for all of baseball, I'm just going to, you know, be a, a homer, so to speak. 
I'm going to say the Padres come within two games of the division um, NL West. So, you know, the, the Dodgers don't have it quite in the bag. Did you say a homer? You're going to be yeah. a homer, but you're, you're – Because I'm you're... on the bandwagon. I've said this before. Oh, uh, Maybe if you listen to the pod, you would know. That, uh, I, I just, I've just been – I haven't had time to listen to the one episode I've been on over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> I got – hold on. I got one more Nats poll prediction. The Nats will lead the league in the All-Stars this year. Heard it here first. Oh, I like that. Well, and I also had another Nats bold prediction as well. Okay, so I have one as well. No, by by accident, I said Victor Robles would hit 370 by the All-Star break in Matt's piece (laughs) uh, by accident. I'm I'm rolling with that. I'm rolling with uh, Victor Robles will hit 370 in the first half of the year. Hmm. I would like to see it. All right, so if everyone's done giving their extra bold predictions, I guess I'll give mine now which um, it actually dovetails very nicely with yours there, Nick. My bold prediction for the whole league is that the Padres are going to win over 100 games and still lose the division. So I think they're going to give the Dodgers a really good run for their money. And my NAS bold prediction is that Patrick Corbin is going to throw a no-hitter this year. So is it going to be Is it going to be a seven-inning seven no-hitter? No, because seven-inning double-headers are the devil. It's a terrible, terrible rule. And don't forget, they don't count if it's not nine innings. Uh, agreed, exactly. Like, no, I like real baseball. Count. No, official. I was going to say official because didn't no, they Trevor officially don't count? Didn't Trevor Bauer do one last year, or maybe he had a complete game shutout or complete, complete game? Giolito threw a no hitter last year. Yeah, let's twist that knife. Uh, it, it, was twist in, that knife. it was in. It was in nine innings. Was, yeah, it was like, nine innings. No, yeah. it's officially by MLB oh, statistics. About seven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Patrick Corbin will throw innings, a nine-inning no-hitter this year. That's is it going to be like the last four innings of one start and the first five of another start? or What part are, of a no-hitter? Are, are we just picking innings from understand. nine different starts? Apparently nobody believes in Patrick Corbin. Apparently uh, not. What has that man ever done to get this much grief? I, he's been how Ryan. much time do you have? <laughs> Ryan has a manifesto. For, uh, yeah, he's, he's changing his number to 45. And he's going to have a hell of a season. Just because you don't like no the one, man's politics does not mean he can't throw a no-hitter. No one uh, – I'm supporting you. I'm telling you why he's going to throw a no-hitter. He's changing his number to 45, and he's going to have a hell of a year this year out of fury. Just don't ask him where he was on January 6th. Out That's of fury. The furious oh, Patrick Corbin. Spelled with a Q. Nice. Okay. Okay. We're moving Nick, on. We're moving on. We're going to do our draft now. Yep. We're going to end this uh, – packed show with a draft because you know we love to draft on this show so the what eight of us seven of us here uh, opt amanda you said the whole crew is here but you uh it's true you know, oh, i thought opt when i said it that opt was going to be joining us but yeah you really left off opt he's busy uh creating content like tyler should be um but uh <laughs> um, this content this yeah. feels like content yeah we're going to do a draft and pretty simple we're just going to pick one team all of baseball uh to win the world series so we're going to do two rounds so and when it's all said and done we'll have two teams but obviously no two people can have the same team so i have my randomizer i'm going to shuffle it eight times because there's eight of us i guess you guys can't see this so it doesn't really matter one two this is bad radio right here because i have slow wi-fi so it's taking a while yeah, this, it's it's a scintillating segment Five, for sure. <laughs> six, seven. Okay, I'm gonna do it one more time. I don't know if it'll focus. 
Can you it see just that? Looks like a, no, I, I mean, I can see that it exists, but Ryan has first pick. So Damn, did I come in last? Yeah, the, oh, the order yeah. is Ryan, Tyler, myself, Monty, OPT, CK, Matt, Amanda, and then snake draft style. So Ryan hmm. will have last pick, but he also gets first pick. So Ryan, whenever you're ready, give us your team. Yeah, you know, I got to go with the easy pick here. It's it's really going to shock some people, but um, I'm going Dodgers. Yeah, that is the easy pick. Yeah. I don't have the list next, so you're going to Oh, have to I was like, all right, I was waiting. All right, Tyler's next. All right, so I'm also going to go with an extremely bold pick, and I'm going to pick the New York Yankees. Man, um, so that that leaves me. Um, I could go the other team I had in my World Series, but I think they're more likely to get knocked off. So I'm going to go an unpopular pick, at least in mine, and I'm going to go Braves. So that's Monty's next. You didn't want to. You didn't want to go with your homer pick with the uh, with the Padres. Your your Dodgers will Padres. beat them if they. Uh... <laughs> I'm gonna go with a homer pick. I'm going with the Nationals. Love Honestly, it. I respect the hell out of it, Monty. <laughs> I do. You are owning the bit. I dig it. It's nice. <laughs> All right, who's next? Opt is. He is currently texting in his pick. So talk about something else <laughs> i i think i got a text from him that said he was taking the pirates <laughs> do you remember that i i took the, the tigers yeah you took, I took the tigers oh in our bandwagon draft that was actually going to be my se- that was actually even my second pick when we when we came back around to me but now i can't do it <laughs> all right just don't be surprised when trash cans show up around uh with that, with that's the name of their field i just said you come it's camerica right yeah trash cans are going to pop up at camerica and everyone's gonna be like how'd those get there <laughs> all right opt's pick is in he's going padres so that means ck you're next and opt stole my pick isn't that great <laughs> uh yeah we're gonna have to go with the rays because they're my bold prediction okay and matt as much as i despise the team i'm gonna have to go with the astros nice all right amanda two to you uh, okay um i'm gonna go ugh makes me want to throw up i'm gonna pick the mets and i'm gonna pick the rays are taken right um, yeah, I'm going to take the Blue Jays. Interesting. All right, Matt, back to you. I'm going to go out on a limb here and just pick this because I still wish Bryce Harper was a national. I'm going to go with the Phillies. God, I want Bryce to get a ring so badly. Yeah, <laughs> I want him to get a ring so badly. <laughs> All right, CK. Oof. All right. Well, I guess since no one's really gone with them yet, mm. You got to go with the A's, right? So we're going with the A's. Interesting. Do you think they have pitching or enough pitching? Uh, I'm waiting on that Frankie Monsa's breakout season I wrote about. True. Oh, yeah. Didn't you have him in your dark horse for Cy Young? Indeed, I did. <laughs> All right. OPT is going with the White Sox. All right. picked them yet? Nobody picked him yet. Yeah, I forgot about the White Sox. I would have picked that instead of the Nets. No one's going to know this from the last pick. <laughs> All right, Monty, your last pick. I'm going to I'm going to take the Tigers. I <laughs> 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 uh, uh, I'm going to go with the Angels. I thought you were serious at first. 
Oh man, the Angels are going to be my pick, so that kind of sucks. Um, ha ha. I guess I'll go to the NL Central because no one's gotten that yet, and I'm going to go Cardinals. They seem to always make some sort of run. Oh God, I keep reading out the list. So it's Tyler and then Ryan to finish it off. All right. Um, I'm going to go with the Brewers. Um, I think the Brewers are actually a pretty underrated team this year that a lot of people are sleeping on. Like the Nats. I mean, they're correct for, for doing that. So, all right, Ryan, send us home. Um, You know, I didn't really write down what anyone said, and I kind of wish I did right now. I have it, so. Okay, has anyone said the Twins? No, not yet. Okay, um, I'll go in the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just, I can't go with the Twins. They've yet to win the playoff series, and I can't pick them. Um, and I had the Red Sox making the playoffs in my draft or whatever we did earlier. So I'm going with the Red Sox. Bull prediction. They're also at plus four thousand, so I might actually put money on that in real life. <laughs> put money as in like five dollars. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, that's a good payout though. What is Wait, that? Like go- twenty bucks? No, can I go it's back like, and uh, take the Twins. No, you took the, the Tigers. Instead of They're the, the Tins instead of the, the Nats or instead of the Angels, who would you? I can't even remember who I. Uh, I went the Angels. That's right. Um, yeah, I'm good with it. I'll stick with the Angels. <laughs> All right. So that does it for our draft. Uh, we'll have to come up with a prize at some point during the season, unless you know, inevitably none of the teams we picked are going to win the World Series. It's going to be the Twins. Um, so I have to keep on on that yeah, nobody wins <laughs> yeah. or it's going to be the tigers and we're all going to laugh at me for not sticking with them yeah it's all a cheating scandal happens again <laughs> yeah if the tigers win the world series that will be that would be a wild that would be a wild ride <laughs> can't imagine that one all right have we got anything else to talk about before we get out of here i mean we can talk about life if you want to but that's all i had planned yeah we could talk about life we could talk about any more news before we actually stop? Was there anything on Twitter about the Nats who's, who's um, got I the COVID? I originally had a heart attack because I saw this one random lady in, like, the Nats replies talking about how she heard on MLB Network today that uh, they were going to do something with Soto, but he was, like, feeling under the weather. But that was um, actually earlier in spring training, so uh, I had yes, a heart attack that. when I saw that. But, you know, I, I think it's just going to be a waiting game, you know. We obviously know the Nats – are not, you know, proficient when it comes to information being put out. So, you know, I just think that, you know, it's going to be a waiting game. Yeah, I don't think they're going to tell us anything. Although I am intrigued to know that Ryan had enough time while we were recording this podcast to tweet about Long John Silver being a front for the mafia. I did find that. I mean, we found us a man that can do both. (laughs) For real. All right. Well, thank you guys all for coming on to record with us tonight. This was super fun. It's uh, it's always fun to do something cool for our new season episode. So um, those of you listening, thank you as always for joining us. Uh, we appreciate all of you listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Check out the website at halfstreethighheat.com and uh, get out there. Check out the Tee Public shop. There's a lot of good stuff. Nick, you said there was maybe some new designs coming up for the season. Yes, there will be new designs. <laughs> Put you on the That's spot. All I have. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's lots of great content out on the website. Um, lots of new articles, and um, you're going to see a lot more coming now that the season is actually starting. And we are looking forward to it. And uh, everybody have a good night, and we'll talk again next week. See you guys.
There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac A new team's mowing down the ranks of their opponents The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator Who has the calls has passed the wall to see you later By the early light of dawn, well you can see they're running scared Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look Cause we're putting curly W's in every book Let's go Nats, we've got a game to play Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.